Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Thank you for joining us as we listen to Mark Jones, pastor at Faith Reformed Presbyterian Church in Vancouver, from his session on Obedience to Christ that took place at the Boise Reformation Conference on Saturday, November 9th. This is... uh... A topic that, if we're being honest, maybe doesn't sound as exciting as, as other uh, topics that we could discuss. Uh, perhaps it's also something that is easier to discuss than actually do. Uh, I find that is definitely the case. Uh, but it's also a, a topic that you will find if you follow social media, if you look at church history, if you look at the church, it's a topic that's had a great deal of controversy around it, and that is not going to go away. And yet, it, it's sad to me that something that really should lead to goodness and righteousness and, and, and really helpful Christian living can be mired in so much controversy, and that is Uh, a sad thing uh, to think that our love for God and our love for our neighbor should become uh, a complicated issue when you read the New Testament and you find that it's, it's really not that complicated. We make things complicated as, as Christians, but God has not confounded us in how he has disclosed the basic principles of the Christian faith. Uh, It really isn't that difficult. Uh, But we like to make things difficult. We like to uh, dispute endlessly about words and phrases, and uh, sometimes what gets lost is the fact that obedience really can be uh, not just a very beautiful thing, but a very beneficial thing to you. The longer I'm in the ministry the more I am persuaded of the fact that it is much more difficult to sin in terms of how that's going to affect your life than to simply obey. Obedience uh, will leave you with less problems, not no problems, but less problems than disobedience. Uh, My children know that. Uh, There are always consequences for our actions. And when we sin, we bring upon ourselves a lot more pain, a lot more turmoil, and, and this makes life difficult. And if you, you look at uh, your life, I suspect that if you were to look at a number of the difficulties in your life, your sin would not be very far away from those difficulties. Those of us who are married understand that it is much better to live in peace and love and harmony than it is to fight. Fighting takes a lot of mental work and anguish. Uh, 
It's not enjoyable. Um, the same for, for any relationship. So that's all just by way of saying uh, this topic may not thrill you from the outset, but it may be of great value to you if you seek to understand it and approach it with a spirit of humility. Uh, I don't have a text that I want to look at. I more want to take a bird's eye view of the topic of obedience and perhaps speak about obedience in a way that might be a little bit different from what you've heard before. I don't uh, want to give the impression that I'm coming with a new teaching, anything like that. But there are uh, aspects of obedience to Christ that as I write and travel and read, I, I seem to find missing. And so I want to try and hopefully zero in on those aspects. And by way of introduction, I think what's most important for me as I was thinking about this topic is that really obedience to Christ has to have in view the glory of Christ. Now, there are different ways to understand the glory of Christ. Because He is very God of very God, He is the divine Son of God, there is a glory that God has that is unchangeable. It's an infinite, eternal, unchangeable, majestic glory. And nothing that you do or I do will affect or change that glory whatsoever. Whether we exist or do not exist, that glory remains the same because that glory is who He is. He is God. Whether there's a billion worlds, whether there are no worlds, whether we sin, whether we are righteous, whatever you say about human actions or the motion of the planets and the stars, the glory of God is an unchangeable glory. And nothing that we say or do will affect that. Notwithstanding that, there is also what theologians have called a personal glory that belongs to Jesus Christ. And it is unique to Jesus Christ because He alone is both fully God and fully man. And as you look upon Jesus Christ as the God-man, He has a glory that no other being has. It is a glory that we can behold, a glory that we can see. By faith, we behold the glory of God now, but it is a glory that God's people in glory, in heaven, see. They see with their eyes the visible image of the invisible God. That is what we call a personal glory. It belongs to Jesus Christ. But there is actually a third glory that is sometimes spoken of in our Reformed tradition, and that is the glory of Christ concerning His bride. And that's the glory I want to speak of at the beginning of this talk. There's a, a saying, and it's attributed to Luther, and many have said it uh, subsequently, that goes like this. God does not need your good works, but your neighbor does. And that is, of course, true if you are speaking about the glory of God in His essential being. God does not need anything, much less our good works. But our neighbor does. So, 
we can say that their statement, God does not need your good works, but your neighbor does, is a true statement, but it is also a statement that might be perhaps misleading due to the fact that we are not asking the question, what about Christ in relation to his bride? Does Christ need or desire the good works of his people in order for him to be glorified? And that's an important question. It's a question that we're going to have to wrestle with. And as we read the New Testament, we read some very striking phrases regarding the relationship of the bride to Jesus Christ. So, for example, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23, the church is described as the fullness of Jesus Christ. Jesus who fills everything in every way we are nevertheless described as his fullness. How can we be the fullness of him who fills everything in every way? Well, when you look at the husband-wife relationship, you see that Jesus is complete in the sense that we belong to him. We are his body. And so we are the fullness of Jesus Christ. And this leads to a host of other than related truths. So as you go on in Ephesians and get to chapter 5, you find that Jesus dies for his bride. Why? That he might sanctify her, make her holy. Why? To present to himself his bride in splendor. Jesus is going to present to himself his bride in splendor. That is, he's going to glorify himself by presenting to himself us, his church. He's going to make sure of his glory by sanctifying us in a suitable way. So, we can speak about Christ's glory in terms of his bride. And so, in John chapter 17, his high priestly prayer, in verse 10, Jesus will explicitly say to the Father that I am glorified in them. And he's speaking about his disciples and by extension his people. I am glorified in them. The glorious one is glorified in us. Or Paul will write in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23, he says, As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And as for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches. And then he makes an absolutely crucial statement regarding the churches. He calls them the glory of Christ. Who are the churches? The glory of Christ. Who belongs to the churches? Christ's people. We are His glory. So, when we speak about obedience to Christ, when we speak about obedience to the Lord of glory, we are actually speaking about something that really goes beyond the idea that it is better for us to obey than not obey. We're speaking about the fact that the glorious one is glorified in us. And how you live, whether you are righteous or whether you sin, actually 
will reflect to one degree or another the glory that Christ receives from His bride on earth. And that is perhaps an uncomfortable statement for some people. You mean, what I say or what I do will reflect upon Christ? Well, is that not the case? That if we belong to Him, we will therefore reflect upon Him in one way or another? So, when speaking about obedience to Christ, if we don't highlight the importance of the glory that He receives from His people by virtue of our obedience, we are really missing the mark in terms of the whole point of our obedience. Yes, it's better for us to obey on a purely natural level. Yeah, it's better for me not to go to jail and be with my family than to go to jail. That's an obvious argument. But beyond that, we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are to hold forth the word of life to an unbelieving generation. We are to shine as lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Our obedience matters not just to our fellow human. God does not need your good works, but your neighbor does. Our obedience matters in relation to who our Savior is and the glory He receives from us.